come to uh, the next installment in the Lord's Prayer, and I have, I was going to steal candy from the kids, but I didn't. I have two pieces of gum. Can anybody tell me what was preached on last week? Daily bread. Tim wanted it. Okay. Now, I have two pieces, so you ready? I'm going to throw one to Tim. All right. So you guys got to go for what it's worth. Um, no candy. All right. Uh, and today is give us a, give us today our daily bread and oh nope. nope. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us our sins. Okay. So um, the College of Prayer. I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna use some of their material today. I'll just cite that stuff as we go through. But they always say this part of the prayer is bringing in the groceries. And taking out the trash. So give us today our daily bread. Bringing in the groceries. And forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. So we're, we're bringing in the groceries. Taking out the trash. And um, I'll tell you this. When I found out what. I knew that I was preaching on a certain day. I was in the woods at Hopewell Park. Because I like to go in the woods at Hopewell Park and pray. And I was like I wonder what I'm preaching on. Um, and I looked at the topic. And I saw that it was the forgive us uh, part of the prayer. And I, I, I chuckled to myself. And I'll tell you why. Generally speaking, when I hear sermons on forgiveness, I kinda, I'm kind of like, I'm all right. Like, I don't get offended easily. I'm pretty easygoing. I, I cer- certainly I mess up and I sin. But I don't do like, you know, crazy gross acts of disobedience. Like... So like, and I don't hold things against people, I don't think. And so I usually, I'm, t- I'm just being honest, I usually gloss over forgiveness sermons, okay? So today, I want to tell you uh, some of my own story, even in this and why I chuckled that day. But I want to give you a sermon today on forgiveness for people who don't think they need a sermon on forgiveness. So maybe you, maybe I'm the only one in the room like that. Maybe you have like some big things that you really need forgiveness for or you need to forgive other people for. And we're going to talk about some of that. But my, what I have to give, what I think I have to give from the Lord today is something for people who haven't really considered like forgiveness a big deal in their life um, for whatever reason. Um, and, and why I chuckled that day was because there were some recent things that the Lord was doing in my life that were showing me two of the things that I think I have, like, if I had points today, two of the, two of the things I have to give today were, like, actively going on in my life. And when I looked at my phone and I saw forgiveness, I was like, all right, Jesus, uh, we'll see how this goes. So the three things I feel like I have to give, and then we're going to read, we're going to read together the Lord's Prayer is the power of confession, okay? That one's a personal one. An understanding of forgiveness. So I want us to make sure we know what we're talking about when we say forgiveness, because sometimes we get kind of screwy with some of our lingo, like forgive and forget, like forget that definition. All right, and then um, a look under the surface. That's the third one, okay? So um, let's read. Uh, can you do the, this one's hard to see. Can you do like the next slides with the black background? It's in the surface. Oh, you got to go to that black X at the top left. Uh, Alright, so let's just read this together, okay? This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
guys have gotten the gist of where this is falling. I think in, in, in probably all of our sermon series, we've kind of covered the context of this. Um, and so I want to focus in today uh, on, that, on that part, if you want to put it back up, Nakia, that says, forgive us our, and you've got to fill in the word because everybody uses a different word, but we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, next slide. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So, I think it's easy here to skip over the forgive us our debt sometimes. Like, actually, I looked into some material, and, and the commentary was on this passage, and they just started talking about forgiving other people. And I was like, wait, you skipped the part. Okay? So I think, you know, you guys know this. This doesn't take, like, a Bible college degree. The Bible's general consensus is we pretty much, like, need forgiveness a lot. Like, that's kind of why, like, Jesus came, right? Like, there's some other reasons, like, to have victory over death and to give us abundant life. But I think forgiveness of sins was, like, kind of a major reason Jesus came to earth and died on the cross, right? So let's read through some scriptures just so we can saturate our time with scripture today. So Ephesians 1, 7. Why don't we just make this interactive? Somebody want to read that? Oh, oh, oh. Read aloud in the have this forgiveness. Next, next scripture. Who wants to read it? Anybody? Anybody? Taylor, read it loud and proud. It's kind of weird. Somewhere in his background, he was Catholic, and so, like, he, he was led in this prayer. Listen to this prayer. This is, like, like the most all-encompassing forgiveness prayer I've ever heard, okay? Forgive me my sins, O Lord. Forgive me my sins. The sins of my youth, the sins of my age, the sins of my soul, the sins of my body, my idle sins, my serious voluntary sins, the sins I know, the sins I do not know, the sins I have concealed for so long and which are now hidden. From my memory. It's like he wanted to cover everything. And that's a prayer from the Catholic Church. That's like a prayer of contrition number seven or something like that. Like they, the, whoever wrote that just wanted like everything. Everything God, I need forgiven. Even the things I can't remember. I don't, I, you know. All right. So I want to explain something here. Is, is, is this idea of positional forgiveness. 
I don't even know if these are exactly the right words. Versus like being relationally reconciled. Okay? So when we talk about coming to Jesus and asking forgiveness for our sins, inviting Jesus into our life, inviting him to be Lord, that those steps that we take before then, you know, we get baptized. That is this one time and for all, like Jesus forgives our sins. He comes into our life, he cleanses us. And from then on, when he looks at us, he sees Jesus, he sees Christ. We are positionally in Christ, forgiven, past, present, and future. Okay, that's what we, that's what we believe. All those sins are taken care of. But Jesus still tells us to come back to God and say, forgive us, right? Because just like if you have a friendship and you, and you do something against that friend, then there's a break in that relationship. There's a break in, in the friendship with that other person. And before you can be completely reconciled with that person, you have to go back to that person and ask forgiveness, okay? So that's just how it is with Jesus. We have this one time forgiveness of our sins. We're positionally in Christ. But we still have to keep coming back to Him and and, and, and being reconciled with him by asking forgiveness for those sins. And what I want to point out, and we can decide this debate once and for all, um, what word do you guys use when, who uses the word sins when you pray the Lord's Prayer? Anybody sins? Raise your hand. I usually use sins. Okay. Who uses debts? Okay. Alright. Who uses, who uses trespasses? Okay. I think that's Okay, well, here's the deal. If you go, I, I don't often do this because I think it's kind of snobby in a sermon if you look at the Greek. Okay, but if you do look at the Greek, the word is debts. Okay, and, and now sins is not wrong. It's, that's what Jesus is not talking about a financial debt, obviously. He's not talking about anything economic. But the word is helpful because it conjures up this real image like I am in debt to that person. I don't know if anybody, like when I started thinking about this, does anybody remember the song, He Paid a Debt? Yeah. He yeah. Did Not Owe? Okay. Right. I, 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 you can Google it. There's this guy, that, one of the first YouTube videos that came up on Google. He, he is, bless his heart, he is, from, <laughs> he is from another era, and it's like Southern Gospel. He paid a debt I did not owe. Anyway, he, he did not owe. Yes. So, I mean, I, I'm, he was just like another school for me. But I mean, like, I remember that singing that song in children's church all growing up. Uh, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. All right, so, so there's this picture of a debt. And, and Jesus is inviting us here to uh, ask God to release the debts that we owe against his account book. Okay? So Jesus is using this imagery for people to understand, like, okay, like, like I've, you know, like I owe something to, to Jesus because of my sin. But Jesus has taken that away, and I can receive forgiveness, and God will wipe that thing out of his book. So the first thing that I want to give you today is a little personal testimony about the power of confession. Because I certainly think we can pray this prayer and we can say, God, forgive us of our sins. We can be specific. We can ask God to forgive us of, you know, whatever. We have verses like this one's up there, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But there's an extra step here that I want to mention today that I want you to take away from today. There's this idea in the Bible that we also confess our sins to each other. And not just like if, if, um, if I've done something wrong to Devante, do I need to go confess that to Devante? There's also this idea of, and James 5.16 says it, if you want to put that one on the key up, therefore confess your sins to each other. So we confess to each other. And we pray for each other so that you may be healed. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So a few weeks ago, when we opened up this sermon series, Bree was preaching at the other camp. She, she, she started off with our father. And her sermon on our father was actually nothing I would have expected. Her sermon on our father was all about shame. It was really good. It was really powerful. Um, and she was coming at it from this angle of, if we're going to come to God and say our father, then, then we've got to understand that we've got to let go of some of the shame that has been in our life that, that stops us from coming to him like a loving father. It was really powerful. Um, and I was leading worship that day. But even as, you know, so sometimes, you know, like I, I don't, I, I play the guitar and, and I don't take part in prayer afterwards. But I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this out I'm going to go down and I'm going to receive prayer. And, and some of what they, uh, what, what Bree was sharing that day led me to look at my own life of, um, you know, I've, I've always, uh, I've always known that there's this bit in me that wants to impress people. That's like, like, I, I have to keep praying, like, God, give me more fear of you than fear of man. You know, like, take that fear of man out of my life. But I never connected that idea of shame. Like, I never thought, and, and, and like, it, a real-life example is, like, I play the guitar just fine. But, like, I remember, like, uh, in college, my roommate, if you guys anybody remember Matt Wilkerson, he used to be here for a minute. He played, he could play all kinds of guitar stuff. Like, he played all his fancy stuff. And I remember, like, and this isn't true of my life in other ways, I remember choosing not to try to learn harder things because then it would be harder. But, you know, like, you wouldn't be good at it. Like, you want to stick to the stuff you're good at, right? And that, and then there's, there's, like, shame in that. You don't want to experience shame of looking bad in front of other people. I think that's connected to pride. So, like, that day after the sermon, I confessed some of this kind of stuff. Like, I confessed some pride some shame connected with, with that and had a great prayer time. And one of the things that Bree prayed for me at the end was that that um, that God would encounter me in a new way. Like she just felt led to say, like God, like to ask God to do something new in my life to show me He was doing a deeper work in me. Okay? So then I went on with that week and I I had um, a, a, a time with Steve we were going out and doing something together, but he just kind of asked me, like, how things were going. So we had another chance to kind of, like, open up some of this stuff. And some of what Steve shared was similar to what I was feeling. And we, we had a really good conversation about some of these deeper things. And then, like, credit to Steve, he called me back, like, two hours later and was like, hey, we were talking about this stuff. And I just feel like um, I need to confess this sin around that issue. Like, we were saying that, but he, but he didn't actually say, like, I confess this. And Steve has done this with me a few times. It's a really cool example of, of just confessing sin. So I was like, well, then I need to do that too. So, like, <laughs> yeah. so I like, thank you, and I will confess that back to you. 
I, I confessed a little bit more at Upper Room Prayer that following week. And, and so, but what happened, long story short, I'm telling you all that to say, that one, one of the days in my week that week, I felt like I had a million things to do, but I didn't, I told them for this, I didn't feel like I had a million things to do. And what I mean by that is something that I struggle with is just looking at all my tasks and just being so like, I gotta do that, 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 and that, and my mind just, it just it's like a hamster on a wheel, and I'm just like running through different things, I'm distracted, I'm not paying attention to God or other people, and I'm just doing stuff. And that day, it was right after Stephen, my first encounter, um, uh, that day I felt like I have a million things to do, but I'm paying attention to God, I'm paying attention to other people, I don't feel like a hamster on a wheel, like maybe this is what we're praying about, about like experiencing God in a different way. And I just, that story to me is, is a story about the power of confession, of, of James saying that we confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we may be healed. Like, I would count that as a measure of forgiveness that day. And I think for me, in my life, the devil's lie has always been, it's not that big of a deal. Like, why trouble that person? Like, there's been other times I've been like, I've been somewhere and I've been like, I think God wants me to come back and call this person up and confess this stuff to them, a person I don't trust. But then I, I get sucked into, they don't, it's, I don't want to bother them. It's not that big of a deal. I can confess it to God, but I think there's something about us confessing sins to each other. And that's why the Bible says it. And that's why we ask forgiveness from the Lord, but it's also why we confess sins so that we may be healed. So, my first encouragement to you today is to go out and find somebody you know, trust, and love that you can confess things to because I think there's healing in it for you. Okay? All right. So let's move on to the second half of the prayer. We uh, forgive us our sins as we usually, how I say it, it was different on the screen today, as we forgive those who sin against us, okay? Or we forgive our debtors. So. All throughout Scripture, again, right? There's there's times that we have to forgive other people, right? Uh, what's the what's the first first thing that comes to mind when you think of a Bible verse talking about forgiving others? Anybody? Interactive here. Ella. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Okay. If you're gonna love your neighbor, you're gonna have to forgive them. Anybody else? Another example? Seven times seven. That's one that often comes to mind. Did you have, that's the one you were going to say? I have one more. The like, that unforgiving. Ooh, what? The unforgiving servant. The unforgiving servant, I'm going to mention that. As I have forgiven you. As I have forgiven you, okay? And I think about Jesus on the cross, too. Yeah. Like, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing, okay? So all throughout Scripture, we, we have this model, this model of Jesus, you know, on the cross, um, of forgiving others. And what's interesting about this is, you've probably caught this, you've probably heard this before, but there's this weird correlation between how we forgive others and how God forgives us. I don't understand that in the mix, in the mix of all the divine things. I don't understand, but it's like, it's, it's throughout Scripture. So how does, the, how does the Lord's Prayer say it? Forgive us our sins as. As, that's an important word. As we forgive others. So if we don't forgive others, how can we ask forgiveness from God? And it gets reiterated after the Lord's Prayer, right after this passage. You want to put that 
um, scripture uh, the key of Matthew 6, 14 and 15. It says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their, uh, their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It gets mentioned a few other times, like uh, Mark eleven twenty five. When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, yes. forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And Luke six thirty seven. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So somehow in this whole makeup, there's something really, really important about us forgiving other people um, in order for us to receive. God. Now, again, we're positionally in Christ. It's not like if we don't say we're sorry to God before we die for some sin, we're going to go to hell. And it's not like if we if we come into a relationship with Jesus and then we can't forgive somebody else, then, then we're doomed to eternity in hell. We are positionally in Jesus, but that relationship is going to be broken and not what it should be. We won't be living a reconciled relationship to others or to God. So... The second thing I want to give today is an understanding of forgiveness. This, a lot of this comes from College of Prayer. And so I want to talk through a few uh, lists here. So what forgiveness is not, okay? Forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. It is not excusing, excusing the offense. It's not denying the hurt. It's not subjecting yourself to continued abuse. And it's not merely an emotional response, okay? So forgiveness is not acting like nothing happened like it wasn't a big deal, or saying, like, that didn't hurt me that much, and it's certainly not staying in a place where you're going to continue to be abused, and it goes deeper than just emotions, okay? So that, it, there, there might be a couple, like, picture-worthy screens here if you just want some, like, info, so I see you guys taking pictures. So, the next one is, what is forgiveness? So, what is forgiveness? It is giving up my right to get even. Yeah, yeah. Okay? It's saying, I will not hurt you for hurting me. Like I said, it's deeper than those emotions. It's actually a decision of the will. Yeah. So you don't have to feel it. You just have to make the decision. It's an act that makes us like Christ, as we saw on the cross. And it's voluntarily putting down my weapons of anger, vengeance, and retaliation. So this is what forgiveness is, all right? Now, I want to take one step further and mention that there's some different concepts here that sometimes get confused, okay? So that next slide, Nikita, there's three things here I want to explain the differences between, okay? You might have heard this before. There's forgiveness, that's kind of like the first step. There's reconciliation, and then there's trust. So forgiveness is something that can and really should be offered in every circumstance, okay? Like, sometimes it takes a while to get to that point where you're ready to do that, but forgiveness can be given to anybody. It can be given no matter the offense, no matter the pain and the hurt, you can't forgive that person. We're gonna talk about what it looks like to do that. That doesn't mean you have to go to them and directly forgive them, like, we're gonna talk about how that might look, but forgiveness is something that you can give to anybody. But the next step is reconciliation. So after you've forgiven somebody, the next step would be in making that relationship right again. Having right relationship, unbroken relationship with that person again. This may not always be a good idea. Okay? So we can always offer forgiveness, but there may be situations where there's abuse 
or hurt or pain that's going to keep happening and keep continuing? And the answer is not to be reconciled. The answer is just to forgive that person, give that to the Lord, and then carry about with your life and don't pay attention to them anymore. Okay? So, uh, so reconciliation is a further step in writing the relationship. Lastly, the last step, this is the highest level, is trust. Okay? So there may be times when you're able to offer forgiveness and reconcile that relationship be back in friendship with that person, but you may not ever need or want to trust them again. And that may be wise. Okay? There may be wisdom in not trusting the person because you're not sure if things will continue to happen or if they've actually turned things around. So this would be like the highest level of, you know, we are back in full relationship, I trust you forever. Sometimes this takes a long time to get built back up, but you can't build it back up. But sometimes this isn't a good idea and you don't trust again. You, um, you just, you're able to be in a relationship with them, but you kind of um, keep, your, keep your wisdom about um, being in full relationship with them. So um, I want to skip, I, I want to skip um, to the how we forgive Nikia. So I think I have the next two slides out of order. But here is the steps, for, again, from the College of Prayer. I'm just giving you their stuff because I think it's really good. And you can take a picture of it. I'm not going to explain every single one. But you, number one, you admit your pain to the Lord. Number two, you make a decision to obey, obey Christ and forgive the offense. So this is an act of obedience um, to the Lord. And this is important. Forgiveness is not based upon whether the person deserves the forgiveness or not. It's based on what Christ has done to forgive us. Number three, you give up your right to God to be angry or to get even. All right? Next one. Number four, you ask God to forgive others. So you, ask, you actually ask God to forgive that person. You pray for and you bless those who have, who have sinned against us. And then we go one step further and we ask God to bless them. And then you receive the healing, grace, and deliverance of Jesus for the wounds in your heart. So these, this is something that can take place without actually having to reconcile with the person. This is just you letting that person off of your account book of debt. You saying, I'm, I'm, like we said before, it's you saying, I don't want to get back at this person. I don't want to hurt this person back for how they've hurt me. Okay? So this is how we forgive. And then the one I flipped is, I think I just want to touch on why we forgive. Okay? So our, our motivation um, is really, you guys can guess this, but think about that story of the unforgiving debtor. If you've ever heard that story, paraphrase real quick, this guy owed a ton of money. He owed so much money to the king that he would never, ever in his lifetime ever be able to pay it back. And yet, the king called him in, and this guy thought he was going to lose it all, like he would be a slave for the rest of his life, lose all his possessions, his family, and, and instead the king forgave those debts to him. So you would think, what would you think? I think this guy would be pretty happy. Yeah. But, as the story goes, he goes out, finds a guy who owes him a little bit of money, he takes that guy to court, throws him in jail because he can't pay his little bit of debt to him. And, um, and so obviously he's not living in a motivation of, wow, I've been forgiven so much, I'm going to exercise that forgiveness to other people. And then what happens to him? The king calls him on the carpet, brings him in, and, and finds out about what he, did, what he did, 
and he reverses the sentence, right? So he sends, he sends the first debtor to jail and gets the other small debtor out of, out of jail. And, uh, and so we have this picture here of, like, because you've been forgiven much, you forgive, right? What's that story? The story of the lady who comes in and anoints Jesus' feet. Um, what does Jesus say, say about her? In Luke 7, 37, he says, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. You might have heard it like this. If you've been forgiven much, you love much, right? So because we've been recipients of all this forgiveness, that's the kind of heart we want to pour out to others. And really, you know what I think it is? I think this is actually connected to living into the abundant life that Jesus has for us. As I was thinking through the sermon, I was thinking, you know what? Us having these debts, having these unconfessed sins to the Lord, is, is, are, are like these chains, these binds, that kind of keep us from the fullness that God has for us. And as we hold these things against other people, we tell our kids all the time, like, you, um, you not uh, forgiving your brother or sister for hurting you is actually only hurting you, right? Like, it's only bringing you down a lot of times. Like, they've gone on with their life, but you're holding this grudge against them. And I think this is Jesus wanting us to live into the abundant life that he has for us. I think that's why we forgive. I think because we've been forgiven, we want to forgive others so that we can live into the abundant life that God has for us. So, the third and concluding thing that I want to give to you today, and I want to finish uh, in a little unusual way. But again, I said... Not, not, it's not that crazy. So, don't worry. Um, I'm not going to make you stand up and confess all your sins. Right? <laughs> okay. Um, I told you I want to preach a sermon for, about forgiveness for people that don't think they need a sermon about forgiveness. So, first off, the way that came into my life was I realized I do need to confess these things. Like, even however small they are, there's freedom in confessing. The second part of this, though, for me is I am just completely out of touch with my emotions. Is anybody else in the room completely out of touch with emotions? Okay. So, Enneagram 3s, uh, 3, especially 3 wing 4, they really have trouble with, like, their emotions. If you don't know anything about the Enneagram, don't worry about it. Don't look it up. All right. Don't worry about that All right. So, I'm just, I just, I, you can ask Alfua, I just, I don't show a lot of emotion. I don't, like, uh, it, it's terrible. Okay? So, this is a journey God's been taking me on. And there, um, there is, uh, there, if you guys have heard of Rich Lotus or, or Pete Scazzaro, um, Pete Scazzaro was the founding pastor of New Life Fellowship in New York, and now Rich Lotus has taken over for him. But Pete Scazzaro's big contribution to the big church is emotionally healthy spirituality. It's a great resource. They've come out with different like books in that, in that vein. Um, and they use this, it's all, the premise is you cannot, this is interesting, you can debate this. But he says you cannot be a mature Christian if you are not emotionally healthy. Okay? Really, really, really important, really interesting. So, they use, on the front cover of that book, do you know what was on the front cover of that book, Tim? Put your spot. Okay. Can you put that picture up, Nikia? On the front cover of that book. It's an iceberg. Yeah. Because, uh, for most people, this is how our lives are. There's like what you see, and then there's all the stuff you don't see. All right? <laughs> what do they say? Icebergs are like 10% above the waterline, and like the rest of it is underneath. 
this is our lives. This is a picture of our lives. And I think some of us, you know, some of you guys do a better job of knowing what's going on down here. I just don't even know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> down, down there. So I was at Life, at the Life Conference with some students, and I got something myself. Rich was there and talked, and then he did a seminar afterwards. And he went into a prayer practice that they use to, like, take a look at what's going on below the surface. Okay? And for me, this, for you, this may not connect to forgiveness at all. So I'm going to give a disclaimer. But for me, this, like, showed me, oh, that, that brought up something of, like, something I was, like, feeling something about and a person that I needed to forgive. Okay? So it's a simple prayer practice, and I'm going to lead you in it right now. So if you have, um, if you have a phone or if you have a pen and paper, I'm going to ask you four questions. And I'm just going to give you time to jot down the answers that God brings to mind. When, actually, I'm going to give you one extra one because I'm preaching a sermon on forgiveness, so I added one. But we're going to use we're going to use this prayer, and we're going to just like let God show us what's going on below the surface. Um, and this is just something I, I just felt like. This is something God gave me. I want to give it to you if you if this is a helpful practice for you. This is something you can pull out when you're feeling something and you need to kind of to like sit with Jesus about it. And here's the deal. There's four questions. The questions are what am, what are you mad about? What are you sad about? I'm gonna go slower in a second. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you I'm, I'm kind of going over it first. What are you mad about? What are you sad about? What are you afraid of? And what are you glad about? Okay? And the goal is not to, like, fix everything here. So the prayer practice is just to let God reveal what you're mad about and then to just pray that as a prayer to, to the Lord. Lord, I'm feeling this way. And, um, and I think that a lot of times we just try to go to, like, fixing all the issues. Um, but, like, this is a practice where we just can pray this to the Lord. Now, he might say, hey... That person that you're mad at, you need to figure out how to forgive them and go reconcile and all that kind of stuff. But maybe he won't. You know, maybe that's not the first step. Maybe you just have to sit in, in that place. So I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give us a little bit of space. And this is how we're gonna conclude, and then whoever's concluding, concluding, can come and do that. But I just want to give you like one minute with each of these things. That's all. That's. It's a really simple thing. It doesn't take long. But you can take longer if you want to. So, just in the quiet of this place, I'm going to ask you these questions and give you time. So, first one, what are you mad about? I want you to write that down or take that note down on your phone. What are you sad about? 
So here's what I would invite you to do. Uh, we won't take any longer than we already have, but if you're up for it, I would invite you to take some time later today and pray some of those things back to God. And whatever came up, and just pray it as a prayer to Him. Lord, I'm sad about this. Lord, I am afraid of this. Um, it could be a really good thing. Like, I'm glad about this. Um, and, uh, and if the Lord leads you to, like, for, this may not connect to forgiveness at all to you. But for me, it did. Uh, and so, I, you know, maybe this is just a tool you take with you. But for me, it connected to this topic of, like, knowing, you know, what was actually going on inside of who I could forgive and kind of release that bondage from, from me, you know. So, um, so again, uh, 